Shark Buggy. Shark Buggy. Shark Buggy. Hello, and welcome to Shark Buggy. An old Lincolnshire adjective for absolutely anything in a loose, disorderly manner, which sums up our conversations rather nicely. We're on episode 48, which happens to be the number of pairs of socks received as presents by George Bush when he was vice president, pounds weight of an elephant's heart, and recorded accidents in UK homes in 1994 involving beanbags. With Howard and I recording this via Zoom, it was hard not to notice the mark on my face just before we began chatting about old recipes. Oh, what's that? What am I looking at? Let's see it there. There. Like a little rice crispy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You've put some cream on it, have mm. you? Or? It's nicknamed chemo cream. Oh. So you've got to do it every day for 21 days and then hopefully it'll... Oh, my goodness. Wow. The name of it's amazing, and you'll you always remember it. And I thought, well, surely don't pronounce it like that. So bearing in mind, it's a nasty, nasty cream, and it's yeah. there to do kill things, and it's called Fu Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. So when I went to see my doctor ages ago, I said, Is it, I want to call it. I'm, I nickname it Fu Dicks, as in, come on, you know. And he said, it is, yeah. it is Fu yeah. Dicks. Mm. Effie Dicks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, bless. I know. Anyway. So is it is it painful or? No, it itches. It itches. It's itches. horrible. It's so ugly. And um, cause they go, well, if you've got any social events, leave it until after you've done. Well, there's no social events this time of year. So it's just that. <laughs> and if you wear your mask, it's all right when you're out and about. It's just, yeah, <laughs> thinking thing. I know. Talking about masks, I had a bit of a problem with my mask the other day. So, you know, I went to Bath, uh, or Bath, oh, yes. uh, for this uh, event. I bought some of those full-face visor type things, oh. like a, a sort of clear plastic yeah. one. Mm -hmm. And I kept forgetting I'd got it on. So you're there with a cup of tea, going like this. <laughs> and I, got, I lost count of the times I'd do this thinking, Oh, I've still got this visor on. I'm so, oh dear. <laughs> How did it go? Because it was it a hen afternoon or a hen night? It was a hen afternoon. Yes, uh -huh. it, it went really well actually. It was it was lovely. It was a bit of a surprise for the hen, so she didn't know what what we were doing. Oh. So it was that was nice. But they'd had a strip of the night before. Oh. So yeah, they they said. <laughs> He was slightly distracting because he kept adjusting himself. Oh, right. right. I said, oh, don't worry, I, I shan't be doing that under my apron. <laughs> <laughs> Grief. Good job they got the two of you in the right order, isn't it? I know, isn't it just? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, any other news? Anything you share this week? Anything exciting happened? Uh, has um, Harvey ever had his... Um, testicles removed i love the fact is he ever had as if yeah a couple well, of years and they've grown back <laughs> well that's funny actually because my sister's dog milner has had a, a bit of a lump and they thought they'd do the op at the same time as getting rid of this lump yeah. which is really sad i mean it'd be like if you went into hospital one thing and you think Oh my God! I only came in for a tooth out, and it's, it's while I'm there. What they've done now? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but but my mum says, oh yes, you see, Milner's never had his his testicles removed before. And I said, well, you can only have it done once. <laughs> <laughs> I know the liver regenerates, but I don't think they do. <laughs> there we had him done. He had him done when he was young, lad. Bless him. Oh. Yeah. Hey, we went to see some friends yesterday. It was lovely, and um, oh, lovely. a lovely meal. And they've they've had all their kitchen done. It just looks fabulous. Anyway, um, my friend Julie, she's um, had to have this. Is it blood glucose test kit? One of those oh, tests. I don't know. Well, you've got to have a go, haven't you? So that's what we all did. We took our blood sugar levels so have, yeah. you ever, have you ever had your blood sugar level taken no i don't think so oh. this is a new thing to do when you go around for a meal with someone <laughs> we used to do party games and things like that and now we test each other's blood yeah. glucose well yeah. we've got a new blood pressure monitor so if, you know if you come around h you're more than welcome to, oh, to yeah. see how your blood yeah, well, pressure's that, going that, I, We've got a blood pressure monitor, yeah, so we could, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the, new, that it's the new going out. Anyway, I'm yeah. 4.8, which is very good, apparently. My blood is sugar. it? Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. that's good. Lynn's yeah. was 5.2. I think he was quite disgruntled that I'd beaten him because he's, he's quite competitive with everything, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's better than Scrabble, this, isn't it? <laughs> Following, you know, last week, Katie, when we were talking about <laughs> last week, when we were talking about hobs and stove tops oh, yeah. and things yeah. like that. So I was looking through one of my what was I looking through? I was looking through Constance Spy, and there's a section on there about kitchen knowledge, and that includes sort of things about oven temperatures and measurements and all things like that. And, uh, oh, gosh, it sounds like it used to be a right faff. Oh. You know, before ovens had thermostats and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to switch it on for, for seven to ten minutes, then turn it down if you want a slow oven. Moderate, turn it on high for 12 to 15 minutes, then turn down to moderate. And it's saying that it, there's no guarantee that, that even if you do this, you'll have got it to the right temperature. <laughs> Should serve as the guide and not be taken too literally. Oh. I think, oh, that's it. Mm. But what surprised me as well was gas ovens. I've only once, I think, used a gas oven. All right. And uh, I managed to burn what, whatever I'd put in it. It was at a, at a food festival. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I put the, I remember putting a Swiss roll in and it came out and it was like a doormat. Oh, it was... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not great with I'm not great with gas ovens, mm -hmm. but it's interesting here that it said about temperatures of gas ovens, and they used to use a, a thing called Regulo, Regulo, which sound Regulo. Is it a I thought it was a character from an opera or something like that. Regulo, laxative. <laughs> Apparently, in the, when they first invented uh, gas ovens, they used to they used to use the term regular uh, three, regular four, and then in the nineteen fifties, I think it was or late forties, they just decided to get rid of that and call it gas mark mm. instead, which is what we tend to do now. Yeah. 
So there's this wonderful book, which I must get a copy of, called Relish, The Extraordinary Life of Alexis Sawyer, who was a Victorian celebrity chef. He was credited with popularising gas cookers. This little extract from his book. Each stove was then further divided into five pan-sized compartments, each one having an individual gas supply and a brass cock. Yes, not quite sure what a brass cock is, but they could be used and regulated independently. I grew up with a gas oven, not as a sibling. That is strange. I come from a family of gas ovens. I love that. <laughs> but Howard, you're going to have to laugh now. While you and I are talking, I've just had a message from our friend Julie, who the one we went for yeah. lunch yesterday in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. It's just but uh, morning, I've just found the dolphin noir's potatoes in the bottom oven. <laughs> Sorry. So we. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, oh no! Yeah, have I'd... you got to go back round for them? <laughs> awesome! <laughs> oh, that makes me smile. Because gas gas can be quite easy to control yes. it as you know the rings on top. Well, I've never managed to get on with it as an oven. But having said that, if my only experience of one is actually in the middle of a field, it's probably not got me off to a good start, has it? <laughs> We've heard from Barry on our email, podcast at theshatbaggerly.co.uk. Thought to chime in on some of these mysterious American words you've been wondering about. So she starts with, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary's second definition of toilet is the act or process of dressing or grooming oneself. So again, it's back to that care, isn't it, which we thought maybe it was. I think so. When when I thought about it afterwards, when you used to... You can still buy eau de toilette, can't you? And, yes. And basically, that's that's just the French for toilet. So it's just like to take care and spruce yourself up and, and yes. smell nice, yes. isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. She also says a Dutch oven, which we touched on last week, a large, heavy cooking pot, usually made of cast iron with a tight-fitting lid. You can cook pretty much anything in it, but it's often used for soups, stews, large cuts of meats and bread baking. And then she said, finally, I was surprised to find the word Johnson. Uh, in the dictionary as well and it says here with the note and she quotes often vulgar apparently it was first used this way around 1863 there was howard discovered no one seems to know why so yes often vulgar you could have that in brackets after your name couldn't you katie johnson brackets often vulgar but I'm not, though, Howard, am I? No, you're not. It would be. It's ironic. Oh, uh, it's yes. Very, very ironic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we've got some more messages to come a little later, but thank you as always for those. Papua New Guinea, we've got to say hello to. They're listening. Oh, it, this is hard, isn't it? Because we don't know whether it's someone who's on holiday in Papua New Guinea. I suspect or they are. Whether, I do. Do you think? Yeah, it yeah. looks beautiful. You know, last week, I tried to listen to it on the train. Uh, so I'd got my headphones and I thought, oh, this will be nice because Katie will pick up that she's got somebody listening to it in Bath or a bar. Anyway, I, I couldn't get a signal. So I thought, oh, I ended up having to listen to it when I got back to Sheffield. So that that was... <laughs> Can you map it as as specifically as that? Not that in this country. Lived? It's really weird. In America, 
You can. Yeah. You can break down the states, and all we have in the UK is England, Scotland, and Wales. Oh, and so Northern I, Ireland. I, I, it was a waste of time with trying them. What's but it was a lovely thought. <laughs> it was a lovely thought. I did think for a moment you were going to say, I wonder if Katie can see that someone's been listening on a train. <laughs> that's, that's, good. <laughs> that's a little bit too good. <laughs> yeah, so we suspect somebody is listening in Papua New Guinea. Lovely. Now then, I've got a Presbyterian cookbook here, Howard, compiled by the women of the First Presbyterian Church, Dayton, Ohio. Ohio, Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> you, now, you see, if you watch Hot in Cleveland, you'll know what I mean with that. Oh, right. You know when you do a search on, on YouTube and it comes up with lots of lists of things? Ah. They also must know me because four down, it's got Betty White's best moments from Hot in Cleveland. Oh. So it's, clearly, it knows my kind of uh, the, th the kind of thing that I'm likely to be looking for. So yeah, we've also put Shat Bagley on YouTube. We've only just done it, so I think there's about three episodes on there. But apparently, people are listening now to podcasts on YouTube, which is bizarre, isn't it? But that's what they're doing. What can they see us? No. No, it's for the oh, best. Right. It's so for the you're best. Not, you, oh, <laughs> you're not doing. No. You're not doing this bit where no. we we can see. Good each lord, other. No. no, no, no. Oh right. Mm. So this is a preface to that First Presbyterian Church of Dayton uh, Lady Society, and uh, there's just a lovely line in here. So it says, in March last, the Lady Society, the First Presbyterian Church of Dayton, hastily compiled and published a cookbook or a small collection of recipes for plain household cooking. 500 copies were published, and notwithstanding, the book contained some errors, and the arrangement was very imperfect. Brackets, necessarily so, from the haste with which it was prepared for publication. <laughs> Close brackets. It met with such gratifying and unexpected success that its authors felt it to be their duty to revise and republish it. But it must be remembered, the recipes were written by ladies unaccustomed to writing for publication, and in most cases they have been inserted precisely as written, and whenever no objection was made, the name of the author has been given. So, <laughs> it's basically <laughs> saying, look, we've done this again, but please bear in mind, these are just normal people, oh, putting this together, and over to you. But this is this is going back nineteen. Well, no, originally published in eighteen seventy-five. Howard. Wow, and they, I mean they wouldn't have had a wealth of kind of reference, would they, at that time? No. You know, to to be able to see the style of how recipes are written and things like that. Yeah. So good on, on them. Yeah, good on them. And then it got me thinking. Mm. Okay, let me just see what else with the Presbyterian Church. So this is fifty selected recipes by 50 Denton women, and Denton is in Texas. So right. 50 selected recipes by 50 Denton women, compiled and edited by three married men. <laughs> 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 I love it. They don't even name themselves. Isn't that fabulous? So this is a cookbook, oh. all by ladies, but it was edited by three married men. And I think, hats off to you. Bear in mind this is going back a few years as well. They just put three married men, so it let the girls carry on with it. Yeah. And then I went and delved deep. Now, we're going back a bit, going back to one of the very first Shatbagalies. But do you remember when we used to talk about vegetables and the cooking thereof? Oh, yes. And how long <laughs> uh, <laughs> things were on for. Yeah, yeah. Well, this one is from 1903, the second edition of the Ladies of the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. Rules for cooking vegetables. Peas, P 
potatoes, asparagus, corn on the cob, summer squash, tomatoes, rice, spinach require about half an hour to cook, always putting into boiled water salted. Young beets, young turnips, young carrots and parsnips, baked potatoes, three quarters of an hour. And then string beans, onions and many winter veg vegetables require from one and a half to two hours to cook. <laughs> <laughs> Asparagus that's been on half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and tomatoes. Tomatoes for half yeah. an hour. Oh, goodness. And string beans could be one and a half to two hours. Jeez, they cannot oh. have tasted about anything, could they, really? No, no. I, it reminded me, actually, I found, another thing that I found this week was um, we've not talked about uh, Philip Harbin for ages. Oh, no, yeah. Um, but he, he's got a recipe in here. There is a link. <laughs> with vegetables right. um spring onion or celery surprise oh right. right yes another tasty and unexpected snack for the buffet party i like an unexpected snack on a buffet party <laughs> so basically you mix up some self-raising flour uh cayenne pepper grated cheese a little bit of tomato puree so you're making a sort of paste mm. almost with this yeah and then you take a tiny piece of spring onion or celery, like a sort of matchstick strip, yeah. and roll this up in this kind of cheesy, floury paste. Right. Shape it to the size of a chipolata sausage and deep fry it. And the surprise is that people think that they're biting into a chipolata sausage and then they find a tiny bit of vegetable inside. <laughs> I'm thinking... <laughs> Was it worth it? <laughs> I think I'd, I'd rather be taking my, uh, my blood sugar level at this party. It's, it's not the most exciting surprise, is it, really? No, because you know me on this low-calorie diet, apart from yesterday because yeah. I had the day off. But um, celery, it burns more calories eating it than there are in the celery. Oh yes, I've yes. heard that. Is that true? Yes, it's true. So, so if you if you chomp on a, a stick of celery, yes, the 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 mastication, the act of, Ooh, of chewing you. on it, yeah, yeah, big word for you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well uh, yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the calories it they say you can eat as much as you like because it's just neg neg. What's the word? Neg 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 negligible. Neg 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 negligible. No. no. <laughs> Negligible. Negligible. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Why is it like some words I just can't say, but there we are. It's oh, don't worry about no. it. We're both, we're both similar on that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want some more hellos? Oh, yes. More hellos. All right. So, you know, I've been putting pictures up of what we've been chatting about on Chat Bagley. So I put the one of you in Dr. Middleton. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mama Blackbear, too, says, I like the doctor. Eliza mm. Williams says cutie. And uh, Jerry says, I'd trust Howard with a scethoscope, but maybe not with a crochet hook quite yet. No, I think I'm making progress. Mm. Yeah. Have you, I, have you I, got I, anything I, to show me? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Well, let me move across here. So this is my first attempt putting a border around oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah so that, that's not too bad i don't actually know whether i want any squares with a border around them but i thought i'd have a go at that so i've got loads and loads of, of squares now so at some point i just need to kind of bite the bullet or pick up the crochet hook or a, a, a needle and 
get some sewing them together yes. I think. so are we nearly there and we'll then? have something but I, I think so ah. i think we're nearly there how exciting the um old phone yeah mom's in the kitchen i still remember hours and my grandma's had an extra long cord because it was attached to the wall barbara says i had one like that when i lived in germany but i think it was a little taller way over 50 years old and then amy says my friend's number was 797-9558. You have to know I really needed to talk to her to put my fingers through that. <laughs> and then Eliza, who's in the state, says our emergency call is 911. A little closer, but still would take a bit of a time if being chased by a madman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true, isn't it? I had a um, bit of fan mail myself this week. Oh. A fan art, a drawing of me, oh. uh, which is lovely. I mean, over the years, people have done various images of me, I think. Do you remember at Ludlow once somebody did me in pastry on a pie? Yes. Uh, yes. yes, that was that was nice. I remember being at a, um, a festival once and somebody had done a cake with me on top of the cake. Mm -hmm. And it looked, I thought it looked a bit like Edna Everidge, actually. But anyway... So I, I say it's so, so lovely that people go to the trouble of doing a, a, a drawing of you. But I showed it Peter and he said, it's Michael Gove. And um, I think it's more like Rosemary Schrager, oh. actually. Well, do I yeah. get to see it? Yeah, let me, let me send it. That's a good idea. All right, have a look, see what you think. Mm. Oh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's... Um... Yeah, it's Rosemary Schrager. <laughs> oh, it's, no. it's, been one, it's been one of those weeks, actually. The other day I was walking down, on my way down to Waitrose, and then this car starts uh, peeping its horn at me. Anyway, somebody leaned out, and uh, I thought, oh, please don't ask me for directions. I'm not great for, on directions. Anyway, she said, Excuse me, were you on the bake-off? Oh! <laughs> yes, yes, I was. Oh, lovely. You know, big fan and all this, waving. And then they drove down, and I'm thinking, oh, the lights are on red. I'm going to have to walk past her again. <laughs> and sure enough, she wound the window down again. Can I take a photo? So <laughs> she's in it. This queue of traffic wanted to take a photo of me. Oh, <laughs> oh that's lovely. But <laughs> what really made me feel quite embarrassed was that I was I was not dressed. Well, I was dressed, <laughs> but I'd actually got this old zip-up kind of jacket on that I wore when I was on Bake Off. Oh, poor man. He's not even had a new coat since he's been on um, Bake Off. Oh, dear. It could be you could open a newspaper in a couple of weeks. Where are they now? Howard Middleton. Yes. Bless him. It's on the streets. They're still wearing the same coat he had on Bake Off. <laughs> Has your hair changed a lot, though, since you were on Bake Off? I think it's got lighter. I think it's got greyer. Oh. But I don't think it's to such an extent that people don't recognise me anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, no. Yeah. Well, I, the reason I ask about the hair is, do you remember this from, oh, gosh, many moons ago, the Shat Bagley podcast? Do you remember her with her? Oh, yeah. Halo, yeah, yeah, love that. The love Women's that. Institute Simple Solutions. 
Yeah. Well, there is something about hair in here. And it says, try using these naturally-based products to improve the condition of your hair. Colour enhancing. I thought, well, OK. Oh. Because, you know, it's, it's expensive to have your hair coloured, certain as you get old especially. So it says, if your natural colour or your colour-treated hair is looking dull, try one of the following recipes using ingredients from your garden or local shop to brighten it up. So, yeah. uh, so you have to begin, for whatever colour you are, boil one litre of water to which you will add the following. Now, this is depending on your colour type. So what would you be? You wouldn't be a brunette, would you? Blonde, orange... I was a brunette. I was a brunette many years ago. OK, yeah. right. So this is you then. Let's see if we can get you back to being brunette. So in this one litre of water, do you remember that you've got boiling? Yeah. A handful of fresh rosemary sprigs. Bruise these first, though, by crumpling them in your hand. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, tie up the ingredients in the cheesecloth and lower carefully into the boiling water, removing it from the heat first. Let the mixture steep for 10 minutes. I love that, steep. That's a little oh, way, I love isn't it? steep, yes, yeah. Remove and discard the cheesecloth bag. Shampoo and rinse your hair as usual. Then pour the warm, not hot, colour-enhancing rinse over your hair. Finally, rinse your hair with one litre of cold water. <laughs> Use monthly to keep your hair colour vibrant. Oh, that's a bit chilly, isn't it? A litre of cold water chucking over I your head. Well, I, it, it surprises me that, because I wouldn't have thought that rosemary exudes any colour other than a bit of green, really. Oh, I so, don't know. Do you think you should try it? Uh, I'm not risking it going green. <laughs> I did go through a, a phase when I was about 18 or so where I toyed with the idea of having blue or pink. Yeah. But uh, but I never never saw it through. Oh. So, But talking of gardens, how have you got on with your moles? Oh, I, I messaged them. Now, this is a, a true. I, oh, you, me I, you messaged them? <laughs> let let me get this up. This is a true story. I found somebody, so I thought, oh, I will approach. She's missed an absolute marketing gift here. So she's what she's basically done is I've asked her how much she would charge to come and remove a mole. Do you know it's £10 for every mole caught? £10 for every mole caught? Yes, yes. To which Glyn says, well, how do we know she won't bring a couple of dead moles with her? Exactly. That's, you know, I, that, that was entirely the thing I was thinking. She might have a... You know, like I, I'm walking through Bath with my trolley bag. She might have the same with moles inside. And then she just gets them out and says, yeah, 15 here. <laughs> you two are so distrusting. But she says she would need £10 for every mole plus um, a bit of travel money. And to which I thought she could have said a bit of molage. <laughs> She? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but nothing, nothing. Yes. So, uh, so she's a bit busy at the moment. Apparently, she says, um, "What does she put here?" Obviously, the longer you leave, the more mess it's going to make. So, you may need to find someone else who could come sooner to sort the problem because she can't come for a few weeks. However, oh. if it's not hurting for a while, then I'm happy to pop up in a couple of weeks. And then the weirdest, weirdest thing is. Her last paragraph yeah. is, is it molehills in your garden? <laughs> where else does she think they are? <laughs> Why? Why would you put that? In so, your garden. Mm. Well, uh, unless she thinks 
they won't be in the house, will they? I don't, I don't think. No. Do they ever come in the house? No. No, that's all right. Oh, well, I yeah. say that. I, I don't know. I don't think there's ever been a mole in the house because they live <laughs> underground, don't they? And then they pop up. Because um, they're, they're popping blind. in occasionally and testing each other's blood sugar level. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, if you people be listening to this thinking all we know now is to colour enhance a brunette, I think it's only fair that we have to Blonde. go through. Yeah. 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 So yeah. for blondes, you would replace your rosemary with a dried chamomile, a handful of. Yeah, I can see that because that does exude a little bit. If you have chamomile tea, it does. It is the sort of goldenish colour, isn't it? Yeah. So For orange tone redheads, what's it going to be? Could it be oranges? No. No. Beetroot. No, that's too strong, isn't it? Oh, gosh, no. Something in the garden. Oh, rose petals, possibly? No. Harvey has one <laughs> twice a day. Poo. It's not poo, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it is not poo. It's chopped carrots. But H was right with the beetroot if you are a berry redhead. For those outside the UK, the people we mentioned who looked like Howard's drawing... Michael Gove, well, he's a politician, and Rosemary Schrager, a chef and TV presenter. Please do keep your messages coming in, be it on Instagram, Facebook or podcast at theshatbagley.co.uk. We read every one of them and love hearing from you. So that's it for another week. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Oh, oh heck. Hang on, hang on, Harvey. Yeah, he's heard the word carrot. OK, fella, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs>